<laughs> so I don't really need this. Nah. I don't have any notes. Um, does anyone want some Fernet? Yeah. Well, yeah, give me, give me I, a sip. This is, and we're taking it easy. So I know our, our last episode, we like each had a couple shots of uh, the green chartreuse. As soon as we stopped recording, we just drank the rest of the bottle and kept talking. We could have had a five hour long happy yeah. hour. We could have had enough happy hours for a fucking year if we just kept going. Maybe we should do that one day. Just like, record for five hours and every week release an hour of it. Or, or, or you know... Oh, no, no way. No, 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 way. no, 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 no. After I did Late Night Psychorama, when we were just chatting about movies before we got started, it was like, that sometimes was like the, the spontaneity of it was was a lot more interesting. Than... Yeah, not to be a total swingding, but like, I loved that show. I listened to it all the time. There were times where I would listen to the first 30 minutes, and then like, when you guys got into the, the movie, I was right. like, I haven't seen the movie. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Just like Late Night Psychorama, just like John's old show, we're doing the happy hour right now. It's the happy hour. Anyway. Um, like John's old show, Late Night Psychorama, what you guys did in the beginning, before the show started, you'd say, Hey, you see any new movies lately? Let's do that. Johnny, you seen any new movies lately? You're laughing. What'd you watch? I saw in the movie theaters, Jeepers Creepers Reborn. <laughs> Wait, what? Jeepers Creepers Reborn, a.k.a. Jeepers Creepers 4. Hang on. Is that a new movie? Yes, it's a brand new movie. What movie theater? It was, it was, it had like one of those, like, we're going to play this for like a weekend. It's like the new movie. Oh, kind of like how like every new Kevin Smith movie yes, gets to yes. play for like a day. Right. Um, because no one actually wants it except for like 10 fucking raving yeah, madmen. Who, who wants, never mind. <laughs> so you saw Jeepers <laughs> Creepers 4 in theaters. Wait, wait, hang on. Was it directed by that really cool guy? No, it was not directed by the guy uh, who directed... De Silva or yeah, Silvio? Silva. What's his name? The Child Rapist? Yeah, yeah Rape Man. Rape I Man. remember Victor being like... Salvo? Yeah, it was one of those things where like, oh, wow, that guy like... Because I've never seen... I've seen the first Jeepers Creepers years ago when it first came out. I've never seen any sequels. Powder? Yes, I have seen Powder. Powder is an excellent film. My my sister had a crush on the main guy. The Powder Man? Yes, uh, yes. Young Indiana Jones. Yes. He does not look like Young Indiana Jones in Powder, however. Oh, and, okay, uh, wow. The, the Boondock Saints guy. Really? He was Powder? I thought Powder was played by like a real Powder Man. Like a real albino? No, yeah. it's, it's like Sean Patrick something oh. flannery yeah 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 oh yeah that's a real name wow my sister loves like like small little irish men like, wow like she could have been a catholic <laughs> priest let us pray holy lord your mother isn't here with us harris would you like to leave a message i'll be sure that she gets it yes mom will you get out of there please you're no fun i'm working See you later, Mr. Okay, Sarah. anyway, so you saw the Ooh. new uh, Jeepers Creepers yeah, movie. I, I, my cat had died. I needed to, like... Rest in peace. I Like, somebody had taken a shit on my soul that day, and I needed to, like, go someplace. Like, I anywhere. I couldn't be in the house. Yeah, you needed to go to a dark place. And I just was, like, looked at the movies, and I'm, like, Jeepers Creepers. Like, fuck it. Like, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm like, you know, like, Travis Bickle at this point anyway. And... I wasn't expecting much because I've only seen the first one, which is a bad movie. I imagine the sequels are terrible. But the thing was, at least the first one was a movie. Apparently, this movie uh, was made during the COVID thing. So, like, 
people like from different countries are getting together to make one movie. And literally there's a scene in a graveyard where they're clearly standing in like a spirit Halloween hologram background. Oh my God. Yeah. It looks Yeah. I did not know if my eyes were tricking me. Okay. So you saw this in theaters. In a movie theater. Was there a crowd of people? No, there was four people laughing as hard as I was. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's really bad. Like all the acting, like I saw the second one in theaters and uh, it's actually it's a great memory that I have because I was I wasn't 18 or 17 or ever old you have to be to see an R-rated movie. And you know when you're a kid and you're sneaking into an R-rated movie, it's not necessarily easy sometimes. Sometimes it's kind of tough because you have to make sure no one's looking. You have to get a ticket to a movie that's like and if it's a, a theater that's like split on two sides, you got to get a ticket to a movie that's near it. A lot of factors going on. This night, when I saw Jeepers Creepers 2, I saw it with, like, a bunch of, like, friends from school. Like, there was, like, seven of us. And we all had to fucking Mission Impossible sneak into this fucking thing. It was it was literally the Dirty Dozen instead of... But we were sneaking into the concentration camp, which is Jeepers Creepers 2. Yeah, piece of shit movie, but, like, sneaking in an army of kids to see an R-rated did, movie did you have, was... Did you have to sneak in because children weren't around, allowed to be around the director? <laughs> <laughs> they're like listen listen th- this is this isn't rated r because of the movie we just can't have kids yeah near this not guy. only were we the target audience <laughs> you were the uh, target we were the audience. targeted audience uh all right uh, sam have you seen any uh, new movies lately what have you been watching well as i think i probably mentioned on our last happy hour episode i'm doing this october this like Halloween season challenge for September and October where I'm trying to watch as many new to me movies as possible. So you will also be doing Jeepers Creepers. Oh my God. Uh, I didn't say new movies. I said new to me. I have two that I want to mention. So, so far as of this recording, I'm close to 40 movies and I'm sure by the time the episode comes out, hopefully I'll be at like 50. So, the two that are my favorite so far that I don't think have come up on a past episode, The Mummy and the Curse of the Jackals, which is... Is that one movie? Yes. The Mummy and the Curse of the Jackals? Oh, yes. From 1969, it has been really, really difficult to find. And some kind soul uploaded the VHS rip to YouTube. Like It's the sort of thing where even on torrent sites, you either couldn't find it Or if you found a listing, there were no cedars. Whoa. So it would just taunt me for years that like I knew the title was there. I had a vague idea of what it was about because of the title. And I finally got to see it. It's if you're the sort of person who likes shot on video movies or like Ray Dennis Steckler kind of low budget horror. Is is he the guy who just had the box set come out? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's on everybody's tongues right now. Everyone's talking about this guy. I, I never even heard of him. And... You've, on... you've seen the the incredibly mixed up oh zombies who yeah, became yeah, wiggle diggle doodles yeah, I can't say the, the, whole the strange incredibly case strange no 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 the strange yeah. case of the uh, no it's incredible no wait uh, yeah. hang on hang on no no it's this, it's this, we, it's this everybody knows what we're talking about yeah, yeah it's the strange case of the it's, who became the title's incredibly strange something the world's first monster musical the incredibly strange creatures who stop living 
and became mixed up zombies. <laughs> okay, that's that guy. I don't know if you would like him overall be- based on your feelings about Andy Milligan. Mm, that was he, my thought. He's a more joyful soul than Andy Milligan. Yes, a lot more like surfer fun. Whimsical. Yeah. yeah. My problem with Milligan is, or like was and is, that he just has punishing dialogue. It's he, it's he it's not it's not characters. the content of the dialogue, but it sounds like when you're getting punished by someone in a bar who's not picking up on any of your body language who's talking, talking to you. at you. Yes, yeah. all the characters talk at each Milligan's other. Milligan's movies are like that for the whole time. Anyway, so what's this movie that you watched? That the, the Mummy and the The Mummy and the Curse of the Jackals. It's not a Ray Dennis Steckler movie, but it feels like one. Basically, this anthropologist egyptologist guy is like hey i just found this coffin with this egyptian princess who somehow isn't a mummy but like looks like a living person with their eyes closed and he just like rolls with it eventually wakes her up and he becomes a were jackal and the whole thing is set in Las Vegas. So what? mummies attack a strip club. And it sounds great. This sounds awesome. I loved it. I don't know if it's for everyone, but I love it. And how good is it when there is one of those Holy Grail movies? Oh. I mean, obviously, they're not like, they're not actually the Holy Grail, but they're movies that you have been looking for for so long. And then when you finally watch it, it's not a letdown. It's like good or, or you enjoy it. And it's just I this did. wonderful feeling. It's a lot of times when there's a movie that you look forward to for so, so fucking long, it's hard to live up to the hype that you have just done to it. You know, it's happened to me before. Oh, it's yeah. a really sad feeling where I know that if I had just watched it, it would have been awesome. Yes. But because it took me years to find it or to find the time. Uh, but how good is that feeling when you look for something for so long and there it is and it's great. It's delightful. Um, The second movie is the complete opposite of that in that I had never heard of it before and found out about it like, I don't know, a week or two ago. It's called The Vampire's Ghost. It's from 1945. It was made, I think, by either PRC or Monogram, which are these really, really low budget studios that Bella Lugosi worked with, like The Corpse Vanishes is made by Are those Monogram. considered Poverty Row? Yes, it's, okay, a, it's a Poverty okay. Row film. Yeah. And sometimes they made really interesting films, or at least entertaining in, in a similarly to Mummy and the Curse of the Jackals, a similarly low budget way. But The Vampire's Ghost, for anybody who's seen the Val Luton film, I Walked with a Zombie... It has very similar I Walked with a Zombie kind of vibes, except it's set in a small village in Africa. And this like pseudo voodoo type religion is focused on throughout the film. But instead of it being about zombies, it's about this vampire who is 400 years old and was knighted by Queen Elizabeth. And <laughs> it's... It sounds crazy, uh, I'm, but I'm, it's... I'm sorry. What's the title here? Uh, the Vampire's Ghost. The Vampire's Ghost. You're seeing a creature that doesn't exist. You're looking at a legend. The natives knew. As soon as they saw the first body of the first victim, they knew what creature it is that must have human blood to live. Stay, Roy. Listen to me. 400 years ago, 
It's super atmospheric and kind of scary in scenes. It would definitely be a great double feature with I Walked With a Zombie. Yeah, those both sound like it. like you just watched some really cool fucking October flicks. Yeah, I've That's definitely awesome. there have been some duds on my list like uh, Blair Witch 2 and Hostel 2. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of those were chosen by me. Yeah. <laughs> So for for when you watch Blair Witch 2, you went to a marathon that our our friend hosted where everyone there kind of got to pick a movie that was... Yes, our dear friend Rob, who was a guest on our show and... Cryptid man. Yes, he and I had a goth movie (laughs) podcast together. Basically, he said, everybody pick a movie that feels sort of like a cult horror or supernatural themed and... The movie that closed out the night was his choice, which was originally going to be The Lady in White, but we realized it was two hours long and it's the end of the night. So instead, he went with Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. Wow. I think I'm the only person there who hadn't seen it and who didn't like it. It's Everyone so else was I, delighted. I'm really bummed I missed that marathon. I It was the last day of the uh, Miss Connie Street Corn, my mom's food truck, and the opening movie was primal rage which i've been wanting to see forever ever since we did our our animal attack episode or animals attack oh yeah and john told us about it and i had yeah. never heard of I, it and was I like know. what the hell so it's we, fantastic we were doing a uh, a 24-hour movie marathon after the exhumed one we mentioned it in the last happy hour yes uh, you'll hear probably a lot more about it yeah, in the next it's, couple it's weeks all over our heads but uh that was going to be my pick for the animal tax lot. And now that everyone's seen it, except for fucking me, I'll watch it again. List. It's so I feel pretty strongly that at some point we should have a marathon of movies made by Italian and possibly also Spanish directors set in the U.S. Well, in the late 80s. There's so many of them. The, they were all primarily in Florida for some reason. Yes. Like Primal Rage. Nightmare What's the lens? Beach. Yes, Nightmare Beach. Well, yeah. Primal Rage is made by the guy who wrote Nightmare Beach. So okay. there's like What's crossover. the one that you made me watch that you did a commentary for? It's like a famous director. Oh, the Sergio Martino one. Uh, American Rickshaw. No, 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 no. Um, it was... It's like a road oh, movie. Oh, it's the other Lindsay one about the serial oh, killer. The, the, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Vinegar Syndrome release. Um, the Hitcher in the Dark. Yes, Hitcher, Hitcher in, in the, the Dark. dark. Yes. Oh my gosh, that it has movie. a great drive-in scene. My uh, my letterboxed review for it, it was, was that angry. Yeah, I said this movie perfectly captures what it feels like to drive the entirety of I-95 without <laughs> taking a piss. <laughs> Hey, you want to ride? Yeah, can you take me to the first bus station? Sure. You can't see me here! Stop it! Stop it! But there's also a movie that we watched during one of your marathons set an Italian movie set in Miami that we were all, especially me, obsessed with. Oh, the Aladdin movie. Yeah. Yeah, that like coked out Aladdin flick with, uh, who's that big guy who's awesome? The guy awesome? from Pieces. Like Bud Court or is it not No, Bud, Bud Court's the Harold and Maude guy. <laughs> His name's Bud. Bud Spencer. Bud Spencer. I, I almost said Bud Dwyer. Who's <laughs> I don't want to hurt anybody. Um, Bud Aladdin movie. Oh yeah, my God, it was this coked so out kids good. movie that had like 
this wild subplot like halfway a human through trafficking a child trafficking ring in oh, like wow like, who wished for that i don't know <laughs> crazy crazy uh movie. probably victor self <laughs> but it's just like it's so coked out he used to be a down and out kid but now he's an up-and-coming star Suddenly, all of his dreams are coming true. But all of his problems have just begun. And he discovers that the only thing worth really having is the true friend he always wanted. Aladdin, a friendship worth wishing for. I went to the movies recently with with a bunch of friends. Anything new? Yeah, I was with you. We went to the movies with our friends and we saw barbarian john oh yeah yeah you've seen it i saw that yeah what'd you think of barbarian so i went in blind which is i think the way you should see it oh absolutely yeah absolutely so did we no spoilers during this no no spoilers the first 20 minutes like uh, nothing special but like i was enjoying it you know and then it makes a twist where it goes into like sleazy 80s splatterpunk territory and i was just like okay i really like this and then, like, the third act, it got, like, a little too self-aware for me, and then, like, it kind of lost me, but, like, the second... That mid-chunk? I, yes. I think that we would uh, mostly agree. I know me and Sam kind of have a, a similar feeling on it. The first chunk of the movie, where it was just kind of, like, creepy, awkward horror, none of that actually worked for me. And I was really worried while it was kind of going on. I was like, oh, wow, everyone said this movie was great. And lo and behold, it fucking sucks. It's no good. And then, like John was saying, yeah, it it makes a shift and it becomes something different. And it's fucking cool. Like, it's cool. When that one part comes in, the whole audience I saw it with, like, lit up. Yeah, I I totally felt that, too. And then what you were kind of um, not complaining about, what you were saying is, is what it detracted from it for you. To me, when the movie stopped being, we're we're making a horror movie. We're trying to scare you. When it became kind of like a comedy, yeah, but like the Evil Dead too. And it does it well for me in, in the in the second act. Like mostly, like the last fifteen minutes, it does this thing where like it underlines the setup so much that you can't help but see it coming. Like it does the um, yeah the Samuel L. Jackson Deep Blue Sea death for a character. And it's just oh, like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's like, but it's just less, so obvious, but less delightful. I think, right, I right, think right. The, because the comedy in the second half of it worked for me, it made me forgive the horror in the first half. Oh, hey, that's okay. It's a comedy. Well, yeah. And also it was, so it, it, it's that like bait and switch. And usually a lot of times with newer horror movies, they do a different kind of bait and switch where they are funny for a while. Yeah. Like they do the, the comedy first and then all of a sudden things get real. But where this, it flipped it where they, they took their horror first chunk very serious. And then when it went off the rails, they were like, we're having fucking fun here. Yeah. I, I, well, I actually, I, I do have a lot of complaints about it. Ultimately, if every new horror movie like that was the base level for them, I would yeah, it would be so nice. One of the reasons I liked it so much was because everything else is so bad. Yeah, I guess my feelings about it are a little different. I 
I'm glad that it tried to like tread its own path and was very aware of genre tropes. And I'm not mad that I saw it. I just, I think with a lot of new horror, I either outright dislike it or have this feeling of like boredom and indifference that like, why did I sit there for two hours? And with this movie, there are definitely certain things I liked about it. Some parts that I thought were effectively scary and other parts that were funny, but I don't know. I just like... The ending kind of, I see, I think I liked the very beginning more than you, like without giving anything away, it sort of follows the structure where in the beginning, it really leaves you in suspense about what kind of movie it's going to be. I liked the beginning. I liked the beginning too. I did like that too when I was trying to figure out like, okay, what is this? Is this just going to be like a very gross rapey kind of movie? Like, or like, what, what is this movie and there's a couple of moments just before they reveal to you what kind of movie it is where uh, like there's a scene where there's like a really gross room they discover with like a video. That's camera my favorite part. That scene when, like, when, when they walk in this room where there's this like gross looking dirty bed with blood on it and like an old like VHS Wait, tape camera. No there's no spoilers here. And like you see it, and you're like, okay. this is a spoiler. <laughs> okay, okay, whatever. It's hard because my favorite part is a spoiler, and I want to talk about. Yeah, like, all right, all right. You know what? Let's let's get off this movie. It's a movie that I actually I recommend. I say, hey, go see it. Go have fun. A lot of people are a lot more forgiving of movies than we are. Yeah, yeah we're sticklers. It, all of our friends fun. loved it. Especially, this is the sort of movie to if if you have friends who aren't big horror movie buffs and they get scared take them yeah. to this movie it oh, will be for a sure. good time for october hell yeah hell yeah and you know critics get criticized all the time mm-hmm. well you show us all the good scenes and then when we go to the movie we've already it's ruined it well we haven't ruined this picture for you <laughs> there are easily a dozen maybe even two dozen truly funny moments in funny farm so you know October. We love it. I've been in the October spirit since the end of August, yes. to be so, fair. <laughs> not to, I mean, as much as we want to beat this drum forever, because it's a drum that you can only really beat for a little while, um, I have a an October question. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll, throw it, I'll throw it at you first, John. Are there any, I don't know how to describe it, are there any movies that you would consider to be childhood October classics? Movies that you loved when you were a kid that hold some sort of nostalgic power or some sort of just like sacred. I mean, yeah, something like Monster Squad. Yeah. Which was like, when I was growing up, I assumed Monster Squad was a huge hit because it was on TNT all the time. Turns out it was a massive flop, and the reason that like it's well known is because TNT got it for cheap, so therefore they played it so much. Hence, I, well, I saw it so much. Yeah. But that puts me back into like being like seven or eight years old. I mean, I could answer other movies, but they're like they're ones I still love to this. Totally, day. monster. I I would think that that's a great answer because I you showed it to me for the first time when I was in my like early teens, and I I loved it. It's cooler than any of those dumb Amblin movies. Yeah, you know. Yeah heartbreaking too with the Frankenstein's monster and the little girl I know they become best friends what a great movie but yeah that's one that like it's been so long that I'm ready to rewatch it
Miss Deegan, are there any movies that you would consider to be quintessential childhood October pile of Halloween candy flicks? I mean, as I think you both know, I have sort of repeat seasonal viewings, so I could come up with a long list to answer this question, but off the top of my head, things that I watched as a kid, Disney's Halloween Treat, which is something that the Disney Channel made in the early 80s that they showed every year until probably the mid-90s. It's this compilation of sort of scary and Halloween-themed cartoons. So, like, there's a Donald Duck cartoon about an escaped gorilla. My my favorite thing on there is the one with the fucking dancing skeletons, like, throwing their heads around. so good. I watched that bit every year. What's it called? Something Symphony? I'm trying to remember it, but I remember watching it in, like, the early grades of school. Yeah. Like, they would play it, like, on Halloween day at class. And, like, that's one that always... Like, yeah, throws me right back into the season. There's that segment from uh, Fantasia, Night on Bald Mountain, with Satan and all the witches and dancing skeletons. Oh, hell and yeah. It's, it's amazing. That is something I try to watch almost every year. But other stuff I watched as a kid, like The Worst Witch. Oh, yeah. I, I loved that when I was a kid. Did you watch Mr. Boogity? Do you remember Mr. Boogity? I didn't Fuck. watch Mr. Boogity until a couple of years ago, and I had no idea that it existed. There's a Bride of Boogity, yes, which yes. I haven't I've seen. I've never seen that one. So we'll have to watch it this year. Mr. Whoa, I've never Mr. heard Boogity, of it. Mr. Boogity is... A, so this is what I don't understand. Like I know so many people who have seen... The Worst Witch and Return to Oz, which is like, you know, oh, wow. super horror themed. So Return to Oz, is a that's kind of an October movie. Or oh, at the wow. very least, oh, it's wow. like a November movie where you're still in the October vibes, but you're ready it's to switch scary. a slightly different gear. Whoa, yeah, yeah Return to there, Oz. There's so much horror stuff, but Mr. Boogity, we'll, we'll have to watch it. It's delightful. It's basically like... This family moves into a new house, but the house is haunted by this guy named Mr. Boogity. And parts of it, I think, would be really scary as a kid. And there's this whole, like, it's it's basically full car. There's wow, this I'm whole, tracking like, it down now. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm downloading this. I, I would love to watch this this year. There's this sounds this so whole, awesome. It's so good. There's this whole, like, local legend about... How Mr. Boogity, you know, has this spooky backstory. and Love yeah. a spooky backstory. We have to find it. But what, for some reason, the name is escaping me right now. But Disney Channel made, I think, one horror movie, aside from Return to Witch Mountain or whatever the hell it's called, with which Christopher Lee is in. It's basically about this family who, similar theme to Mr. Boogity, they move to this abandoned mansion and a little girl died there. And these two little girls are convinced that they see her ghost and it's amazing and scary. And I can't for the life of me think of what it's called. I'm oh. assuming this is like seventies. Yes. Cause, okay. Cause that, 70s. yeah, that does not sound like, like, like late 80s Disney and on. No, which is what Mr. Boogity is. Um, I'm sipping this uh, fernet that we poured. Watcher in the Woods. Watcher in the Woods. Okay, I've heard of that. Have you seen it? That Uh -uh. sounds like something my sister would have loved. Oh my God. So it came out in 1980, but it's this (sighs) like scary 
also really like upsetting supernatural story that has like four different endings. We should we should do an episode on it at some point. It's, Watcher in the woods. It's incredible. It scared the hell out of me. Sick. When I was a kid. What do I got? I uh all right. So I feel like my answers are a bit different than sure. than both of yours. But there's well, we're all slightly different ages, so it's yeah. like what you were actually seeing on TV was kind of totally. different sometimes. My, what I would do when I was a kid and I would come back from trick or treating is I would jump back and forth between Nickelodeon, which would always be playing like the Halloween specials of all of their cartoons, you know, the episode where Doug Wonderful. goes to the haunted house. I would switch between that and the sci fi channel, and the sci fi channel. Every year on Halloween, for the longest time, played Pumpkinhead. Oh, yeah. That's an essential Halloween movie. So for me, my main childhood October classic, my Halloween pile of candy movie, is the TV edit of Pumpkinhead with the commercials and all of that stuff. That's just one that I I, I love it. And I know people have a lot of like problems. Some people like to talk shit on Pumpkinhead. What? No way. Oh, Pumpkinhead's yeah. great. I, I've heard a lot of shit talk. And there's something about Pumpkinhead that I noticed in my adult rewatches that is really... It's it's my fan theory. I have my, my head cannon for Pumpkinhead. I think I've told you about this before, pumpkin John. Pumpkinhead cannon. My Pumpkinhead cannon, yes. Pumpkinhead, throughout the movie... Uh, when he's dispatching all of these fucking teenage motorcycle punks who fucking killed Lance Henriksen's son. So he goes to the this old... This is like Jerry Maguire child. Yes. Little Jerry Maguire <laughs> mayonnaise commercial boy is killed in a motorcycle accident by these punks. And, you know, fucking Lance Henriksen takes the dead body of the kid to the witch in the woods. Total full car. Summons the pumpkin head to kill and dispatch these fucking dickheads. But anyway... In my rewatch, I realized almost every time Pumpkinhead kills one of these kids, he, like, breaks their backs. Because that's what happened to the little boy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, have I told you about this, or did you know this? Is this a real thing? I never I never caught on to that. Wow. So yeah. I assumed that because the, the little boy's back got broken in this fucking motorcycle accident, that when Pumpkinhead goes back to kill everybody, he just, like, shatters their spines by giving them, like, fucking, like... You know, <laughs> Santo backbreakers. And it's just like, it's like a weird thing that he doesn't just like rip their throats out or like, you know, do cool horror movie kills. I mean, so many horror movies are all about this like repetition of trauma. Yeah. That's what I assumed was going on. Pumpkinhead rated R. Starts Friday, October 14th at the Showcase Cinema. And the best part is, is right after Pumpkinhead ended... You know what came on? Child's Play. Charlie Brown. Pumpkinhead 2. I remember Blood seeing it. Blood. It's I haven't terrible. Seen it. I can't wait to rewatch it. I used to so I haven't seen it since I was like a little kid on Sci-Fi Channel and I I No, are you thinking of the later like sequels that they made remember no. when they came out with like two sequels in a row yeah one year? it was like dark justice and, and like something ashes else. to wow. ashes or yeah. something yeah, yeah i forget what they were there was one i, I we watched lance henriksen like comes back in them too yeah i think does he really I, yeah i watched 
a scene or I tried to start one because I was kind of excited. I was a Pumpkinhead fan. I'm like, okay, whatever. I know they're made for sci-fi channel. We should should watch all the Pumpkinhead movies one day. (laughs) Yeah, I've never done that. Yeah. The problem is is that he's like a weird like like shitty sci-fi CGI thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. They're going to be terrible. I'm not Uh, saying like, oh, this is going to be like we're going to unearth something The coolest part about him is that he's a fucking awesome... It's Stan Winston. Like, didn't he like direct it? Yeah, like, it's, it's his, it's like, his movie. baby. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. It's really. I think Pumpkinhead's a cool looking creature. He's great. Yeah, yeah. He's awesome. I think the only flaw in Pumpkinhead is like the main kids are just like they're, they're just very bland. Yeah, you want them to die. Right, right. It's not like like Lance Henriksen carries that fucking movie. Yeah, the coolest shit in Pumpkinhead is when Pumpkinhead shows up, and like every time he does, like this like flashing white light comes on and this like sound effect that's like the old witch is so good in that movie she is yeah oh but obviously okay so for kids movies that i loved growing up obviously it's Ernest scared stupid oh my god i can't believe i didn't say that one uh, it's a wonderful movie i hope you suffer did a episode on it i love Ernest, but that is a movie that I have to watch regular. Like, I try yeah. not to watch the same movies every year. We watched that one on Halloween last yeah, year. Yeah, I remember. I, I showed up right as uh, as it was ending. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I might need to watch it again. I'd be happy to. I mean, I it's, it's great. The other one that's like the corny one that's just like from my era that I, I you guys probably haven't even seen it. Uh, excuse me. Uh, we got to stop. We got to tone down on the drinking here. Uh. The other one is Halloween Town. No, Casper. So Casper. Have you seen Casper? No, I was too old for Casper. Yeah, I know, yeah. I Casper, know. It's after your time. Casper's after my time, but Halloween Town, which you know, I think a lot of people around my age grew up watching Hocus Pocus. Yeah, which yeah. is which is fun, but I think your generation's Hocus Pocus is well. well H- Hocus Pocus was. That was big. Hocus Pocus is still is like a normie uh, regular for normies. Like I still see it playing on all of people love Hocus Pocus, and they're making the sequel, which like people are fucking like going to town over. So neither of you seen Halloween Town? No, I I have friends that love it. Our dear friend Michael, maybe last year, two years ago, convinced me to watch Halloween Town. It has very similar vibes to things like The Worst Witch and maybe even the first Harry Potter movie where it's like this kids, like this family growing up, it's like they're muggles basically and they're spending Halloween with grandma who's a witch. John just looked confused. A muggle, John, is someone who doesn't do magic. Like so a regular person. It's like in witches and wizards. World. Oh, they okay. call non-magical people muggles. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. I'm no, a no. muggle then. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're, well, so you're also a pervert. You're a lot of things. John. <laughs> <laughs> well, Halloween Town. It's like everybody in the world doesn't know about the existence of witches and supernatural entities, which is similar to how the Harry Potter world functions. Is it worth watching as a grown-up? Or do yeah, you think I, I thought it was okay, so cool. much fun. Oh, great. It's I'll... like a cute family movie, but there's some fun effects, and it's it's almost like a Goosebumps episode. Okay, I never watched it because I have this thing where a lot of kids' movies... And even like young adult books that I haven't read, I'm not going to, I don't want to watch them now. They're the kinds of things where- I'll do it with a group. 
I'll do it with a group. Yeah. And especially if, like, if it's in between, like, movies, like, real movies. Like, yeah. I'm definitely down. If, if okay. it's for the vibe, hell yeah. yeah. Totally. It's, it's definitely the sort of thing that you could put on, like, first thing on Halloween when you wake up and you're, like, eating your pumpkin-flavored cereal. Right. It's, like, that sort of cute. Nice. nice. I'm down for Lots that. of great decorations. It's It's... It's very much in the same vibe as the Goosebumps TV show and Are You Afraid of the Dark and, and stuff yeah. like that. I can party with that. Yeah. Do you did you ever watch the Halloween tree, the cartoon of that? Oh yeah. I loved that one. I, I was only a kid. saw it once. I could never find it again. I can now, yeah, but like I'm going to oh, I'm going I, to do so it. So I love the book though. Yeah, I I loved it when I was a little kid. And then when I was a teenager, I tracked it down to watch again because it was one that I rented because Orbit Video had it when we were like kids mm -hmm. and I rented it and I remember thinking it was like scary and like yeah. really cool and creepy. And then when I rented it, when I was like in my, you know, middle teens, like 15, 16, I was like, oh, this is like, like an, what is this baby? bullshit? Yeah, it was baby bullshit. And it was like an educational movie. It was like where in the world is Carmen San Diego, except explaining like all the Halloween traditions around the world, which is really cool. But when I saw it as a teen, I was like, wait a second. Although, yeah. You know, this ain't yeah. fucking scary. Where's Michael Myers? Yeah. Wait a minute. Another one I forgot about that's... So Halloween Tree, for those of you who don't know, is Ray Bradbury. And speaking of Disney movie horror movies, they made an adaptation of Something Wicked This Way Comes, which is actually really good. Jo oh, yeah. Jonathan Price rules. It's from like the mid to late 80s, I, I think. Yeah. Originally, years Sam Peckinpah was going to direct that. Whoa! So and crazy. Phantasm started because that's what Don Coscarelli wanted to make. He wanted to make something wicked this way huh. comes. And since he couldn't get the right, but now you that. can kind of see like yeah. where that germ of an idea. But I've never seen that adaptation. It's similar vibes to Return to Oz, where there's like some kind of corny kid stuff. But there's some like I, wait. Great I thought effects. that we put it on and didn't finish it one time. That could be possible. I I kind of remember that. So I am a huge Ray Bradbury fan. The Machineries of Joy and The October Country mm. are two of the greatest short story collections out there. All of his stuff that's like takes place in crypts in Mexico are so good. And he has this great short story about fucking, like, I think it's called, it has an awesome title. It's like, hey, kids, you can grow mushrooms in your basement, is what it's called. <laughs> awesome story Sorry. about fucking fungus in the basement. But I I hated Something Wicked This Way Comes. And I'm a huge fan really? of his. I hated that novel because it felt to me, this was, this was most my take on it, was that it was like eating an entire giant bag of cotton candy it Too was just much. it was so sweet it was very very october and autumn but it was almost like every single sentence it was throwing this like awesome october vibe at you that eventually it was just like i'm drowning in this like i'm drowning in this vibe that i like so it's like, oh, I, I like the way cotton candy tastes, but now I just, I can't, it was just too much. Right, it was right. too fucking much. I'd like to pick it back up again. I, I, I'd yeah, like to be wrong. I've never read it. I've only seen that adaptation. I've just scored like literally like 25 old vintage paperback horror short story books Whoa. from like the 60s. 
They're, are they compilations? They're of, compilations. Okay, those are some of them so are cool. some of them are specific. It's like I got a bunch with Robert Block, who I love. I was just gonna say I'm dying to read more Robert Block. Robert Block is so good. So I told my friend Joe this that like I'm trying to read a hundred of his stories Whoa. before November. I'm at like 35. That's yeah, awesome. <laughs> that's really but cool. like as I was looking for him, I got into like oh wow, there's these compilations. So I'm reading like other guys, so which is kind of taken away. But like yeah. the cover art to these, yeah, I and love like those. and especially like the old yellowed paper like i don't want this new branded yes. shit like i want the old stuff smells oh my so i love the ones yes. that are they're like things that you would buy at newsstands they're like not even real books yeah one of the best ones that i i have a stack of and i just kind of i got them because the covers were cool and they looked neat and they were super cheap it was like an Alfred Hitchcock's. There's oh, a bunch Alfred of them. Hitchcock presents. It yeah. might be. But, but yeah. I, I sure. just got the one with the witch. His oh, witch's one. Yeah, that's sick. And and the cover of all of them has like a character of like Hitchcock's yes. big old in, fat in face. Yes. Yeah. So also, I have. We were talking about Zachary before. Oh, yeah. the horror. He he has his. I have two Whoa, of those. Yeah. Really? One's like his vulture stew, and the other one is midnight snacks. Yeah. Wow. Bang cover art. That's just so like great cool. stories. Where'd you find all these? I scored them on eBay. I was just like, I was like, I'm going down this Robert Block thing, and then that just fucking opened up. So I'm gonna be reading. Whoa. My my thing is like, I'm scared I'm gonna run out of like 60s and 70s and 50s movies to watch on Halloween. But now like, I just read these stories yeah. in my mind's eye. They're just like, you know, we're never running out. I know, we're but, never I, gonna but run I mean, out. like, it doesn't hurt to out. like read books too. Yeah. I should. It, uh, it's funny too you know what i noticed though a lot of those amicus horror movies he wrote uh, he did asylum yeah, it's yeah he and richard matheson really dominated yeah but, but what's really neat is that amicus was a british horror studio but all their antholo- all their adaptations are of american stuff like the ec comics yeah Law of horror tales from robert block stories I don't I don't know if there is anything to that but I just found that like really odd. It would be really neat for an American company to make an anthology of British horror stories. Well, which is crazy because yeah. there there <laughs> are so weird. many great ones. Like there's all those MR James ghost stories which I associate way more with Christmas time than Halloween, but there's Ambrose Bierce and uh uh, Arthur Mockin and what's the name of the guy who did The Willows? Uh, the, like they're Algernon, yes, Blackwood. Algernon Blackwood. Yes. There are so many great British horror writers. There's one guy I've been meaning to read him. I've seen his Twilight Zone episodes, and he co-wrote uh, Burn Witch Burn with Richard Matheson. Oh yeah, yeah. Charles Beaumont is his name. Yes. I I always wonder why he wasn't that popular. He died when he was like. 36 or 37 and he looked like an old man he had this weird disease that made uh, him look like he was like 80 he had the jack old. disease was that what it is well yeah 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 it's like reverse benjamin button yes uh like the the coppola is it coppola that made jack yes yes, <laughs> yes. like the francis ford coppola film starring robin williams yeah you age really fast i was i was just like watching this video this was, was so sad of this lady who's like 30 looks like she's like 70 she's really small and she's like out with all of her friends and it's like this like oh it's just so sad and like she's probably gonna like like die soon because you know they don't you're old you're an old lady and it's it's, oh it's so sad no i'm good thank you 
Um, I, I'm okay too. I'm I'm just sticking with the pumpkin beer. Uh, now that we're on the topic of uh, Halloween, Halloween short stories, and our favorite fucking gross out—not even gross out, but just like October stuff—I think this might have come up recently in an episode, or maybe just in our regular conversations. When me and me and Sam just moved into this new place, and to kind of like get our grounding when you move into a new house it's like i don't know where i am this is a fucking weird thing you know my stuff's not in the right place da, da, da. on like the second or third day we were here we both read the harlan ellison short story i have no mouth and i must scream that's oh a my great god one. yeah i love harlan ellison what a fucking crazy imp do you guys mind if i read the first like three paragraphs do it it's it's really quick This is from I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream by Harlan Ellison. Limp. The body of Gorister hung from the pink pallet, unsupported, hanging high above us in the computer chamber, and it did not shiver in the chill, oily breeze that blew eternally through the main cavern. The body hung head down, attached to the underside of the pallet by the sole of its right foot. It had been drained of blood through a precise incision made from ear to ear under the lantern jaw. There was no blood on the reflective surface of the metal floor. When Gorister joined our group and looked up at himself, it was already too late for us to realize that, once again, AM had duped us, had had its fun. It had been a diversion on the part of the machine. Three of us had vomited, turning away from one another in a reflex as ancient as the nausea that produced it. Gorister went white, It was almost as though he had seen a voodoo icon and was afraid of the future. Oh God, he mumbled and walked away. The three of us followed him after a time and found him sitting with his back to one of the smaller, chittering banks, his head in his hands. Ellen knelt down beside him and stroked his hair. He didn't move, but his voice came out of his hovered face quite clearly. Why doesn't it just do us in and get it over with? Christ, I don't know how much longer I can go on like this. It was our 109th year in the computer. He was speaking for all of us. So demented and gross. This story is just, it's one of the most disgusting things I have ever read. And the way that he uses adjectives in this like otherworldly way, like in that first sentence when he describes the oily breeze, the oily breeze, it's like, it, Written by a guy who complained about how uh, splatter movies were reprehensible and destroying our youth, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and he created Splatterpunk, basically. None yeah. of those writers yeah. would have done anything yeah. without him. Yeah. Have you ever read Vic and Blood? No. Mm-mm. That's, uh, you know, the movie uh, Boy and His Dog, Don oh, Johnson? Yeah, 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 yeah. Vic and Blood is the, is the, is the book. Okay. Is that, that's Harlan Ellison? Harlan Ellison, yeah. Wow. Oh, I'd love to read. I've only read some. I've read a lot of his short stories that are about like gangs, like his like standing oh, on a street yeah, corner, flipping yeah. a quarter in the air, getting into fights with the greasers or whatever. Where, where Tom Waits got like all of the lyrics for his early albums. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is real fucking heart of Saturday night kind of stuff. He's a great writer. Like he is. His his story where where he, it's just like not even stories. His articles where he's just ranting about whatever's on his mind hilarious shit i have been trying to track this book down for years ever since you first told me about it 
it's his book that's a collection of every like every movie thing he's written. It's oh like yeah, his yeah. Book of he, he wrote for Starlog. It's called Watching. Harlan Watching. Ellison's Watching. Watching. Yeah, it's great. I have that and the the uh, follow up. Um, I think it's still watching. Yo, can you lend me that? Can yeah, you I have bring to that over that. next have time. To... Like, I, I would love to check it out. I remember you were saying that he he's a real contrarian. Yes, yes, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't agree with ninety percent of what he writes, but it's still fun to read. I love that shit. Like, I'd love to read a review of someone taking a shit on Jaws. Yeah, you know, it, or something like that. It, it's you know? fun. It, it ends abruptly in the second one because, like, he got like replaced as like the the writer for whatever that magazine is. But then he has like a few other things. His last review is, um, it's just called. I saw Ghost Rider today, <laughs> and it's like his review of the audience as opposed to like the movie itself, and like how he just like hates everybody. That's so Harlan Ellison. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to check out that book. Uh, what else you guys got? You guys got any other wacky, doodly, happy hour topics? Should we do a top five squinky old dinkle list where we say our favorite? Uh, Top five clamshell VHS covers of uh, your favorite slasher franchise. Oh, Microwave Massacre. Microwave Massacre. Is the is the VHS like um, Obsession Over? No. No. There's still, yeah. No, there's no. Still... You know, it's it's so funny. I was I, just... Well, I think it's dead and popular. I mean, the, like, there's always going to be like us who like, if we find like a cool VHS here, of course we're going to buy it. But I mean like that, like where like it almost got into like mainstream hipster. Like, well, all I know culture. is that like, yeah. I think VHS tapes are expensive. There are, there's a, uh, a, a I... thrift store we used to go to and get like dollar VHS yeah. tapes and now they're like priced okay, this, accurately. This popped in my head. Uh, we were talking about the movie Silent Scream earlier. Yeah, which I still, I really want to see. That was a holy grail movie for me growing up. And there was a pawn shop uh, down the road uh, that I discovered in my late teens and I found that like, oh, wow, they're selling VHS tapes. And this was like 2003, 2004. So and they had like some like good movies. I remember picking up like uh, curtains, you oh, know, like, oh, like stuff that you wouldn't like, you know, get like at the at the fucking thrift store. And then I see Silent Scream. And I'm like, fuck, yes. Like, I'm going to finally the best see this. Feeling. I pick it up. Is the wrong tape inside? No, it is a different silent scream. It is the anti-abortion silent scream. Uh. It shows the ultrasound where you can see the baby supposedly scream out in pain as the abortion happens. Oh my God. And they're like, you know, this is like, of course, like my eyes lit up. I, I had to get that. Ultrasound imaging has allowed us to see this. And so for the first time, we are going to watch a child being torn apart, dismembered, disarticulated, crushed, and destroyed by the unfeeling steel instruments of the abortionist. Silent scream when the terror is so sudden that there's no time to scream. All right, just before we close out the uh, the happy hour, now you know now that we touched on abortions, uh, Halloween tree, all kinds Harlan of Harlan Ellison, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, I got one question I want to throw at you, Sam. As a fan of Sam Deegan, 
I'm an Uber fan, a super fan, a, uh, you know, I, I stalk your social media accounts. Um, any chance I get to just take a whiff of your feet? Okay, okay. okay. Uh, ask the question. Okay, here's a question I've been wanting to ask you for a while. Um, uh. <laughs> is, there, is there a dream commentary that you would do that like is like your your like life's goal you can hang up your hat you have achieved your professional blah 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 that's a difficult one um i don't so i don't know if there's if there's one of these i would say off the top of my head a couple that i could think of solo is definitely one i mean that's basically the impetus for me to write my World War II book that came out last year. Another one would be Fritz Lang's M, which I wrote a book about that came out two or three years ago. So, yeah, this is a tricky one. I mean, I think it's more that there are certain directors. Like, other than those two films, I would kill to do a Bava movie, which is something that may or may not be in the works. Um, I would kill to do a Pasolini film, uh, Fassbender, Roberta Finlay's The Oracle. Okay, okay, I got a question for you. What if, uh, let's say like Arrow was like, okay, hey, we're gonna have you do, we're we're releasing Solo, but here's the thing: can you do us a favor? Can you throw us a bone? And can you give us a commentary for this movie called Pulp Fiction? I could do a commentary on Pulp Fiction. You'll do a Pulp Fiction commentary? I don't know if it would be Quentin Tarantino approved. That's Halloween-oriented. Fruit Brute is in Pulp Fiction. That's true. Fruit Brute is I in I like it. that yeah. you found a connection yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, and that's, that's not totally fair. I like Pulp Fiction. I yeah. I find him grating as a personality, oh, but I like some of his films. Okay, okay, okay. Here, you have to do a commentary for Eli Roth's The Green Inferno. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> Keep your wow. solo commentary. <laughs> okay, last question real quick. It's the it's the happy hour. It's the bonus. No one's going to hear this except for patrons. Uh-huh. So it's just the so people now they could hold it over my head who, for are, all who are in the club who, are, who can hear this. Is there any commentaries that you turn down? Uh, yes. But like turn down not because you were busy, but because you were like, fuck this. Yeah, I mean, I've been asked to do commentaries for a couple of new horror movies. The only one that I've done is this vampire movie called Bliss that Arrow put out. And I think Arrow put it out. And I did not like the movie. But it was one of those, it it was at a time in my career where I felt like I couldn't say no to things. And if somebody that I was working closely with said, hey, can you do me a favor and do this with me? I felt obligated to say yes, which is definitely why I work more by myself now. But for the whole commentary, we barely talked about the movie and just like talked about the history of vampire films so it's like now it seems so weird why would they uh, like for a new movie if you're having a commentary you would get, to get like a, f- a film historian no no yeah know? to like, get why? somebody yeah to get for a new movie get the people involved in the movie well, obviously they're the, still alive the, no the crazy part is 
the movie, the reason that they didn't mind us not talking about the movie is because the release also has a commentary from the director. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, but I, uh, yeah, it just seems weird to be like, listen, if you want to film historian, yeah, shouldn't the movie be around for at least 10 years? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess things that I've been asked to do recently that are newer that I'll say yes to are if I can do like a video essay on the subgenre because right. then I approach it as a historian and it's like here's where this the tradition that this movie came out of yeah, those I, had, I find fun I had a total ball working with you on that writing wrongs video essay that was that was a lot yeah. of fun video essays are more fun than commentaries if especially if it's like you don't want to spend two hours of your life talking about whatever it is yeah you just want to spend 15 hours of your life editing video <laughs> fair all right our pizza's here you guys want to get this fucking pizza we gotta we gotta yeah, get yeah, at I, it i've been at the edge of my seat I'm i know so i know i know i know okay all right well we'll, we'll, we'll eat some fucking pizza but, uh, you know, while our, you know, outro oh, just music... shut up and end it. Come on. Our outro music is playing right now. We're ending it. We're ending it. Wait, favorite thing to eat? No, no, During no. a Halloween marathon, that's not pizza. God damn it. No, I got the thing. I got the thing. Fine, save the thing. I'm dying here. I know. Spit I it, it out. Spit here. it the fuck I know. We're going to eat the fucking pizza. We got coming up, coming up, that we're doing here. Yeah. The Twitch the Death Nerve crew. We're going to do... Yeah, yeah, yeah. A fucking commentary. I'm not going to oh, spill yeah, the beans. I'm not going to spill the beans and say what movie we're doing a commentary it's for. A, it's just for patrons. Yeah, yeah, just for patrons. There's yeah. no one who let our listen to this shit anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Not the fucking we're, cheapskates. We're doing... We're, <laughs> we got a commentary coming out for a really fun, classic horror movie. But kind of a deep cut. Uh, kind of a deep... Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, it ain't a major, major flick, but no, it's got the it's fucking... Amazing. It's pretty major. It it's got all the poison. It two of the greatest. Three of three the greatest. Three of the greatest. Yeah. Three of the greatest. Some majestic chest uh, hair. Oh, yeah. Wonderful soundtrack. Oh, yes. Stay, stay tuned. All right, let's eat this fucking pizza. Bye.